back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite or at the very least are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me as always is the truck full of nitro to my terrifyingly unstable bridge. Aaron is here. Hello, Aaron. Hello. <laughs> Wait, am I the bridge or the nitro? You're the nitro truck. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's because classic gender roles. Are you She's... calling me unstable? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I'm uh, unable to support a family. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I feel a little frayed, much like a certain bridge. Uh, Indeed. And how are you doing? I'm well. I have to shout you out for this episode in particular because you've done all the work on it, literally start to finish. uh, (laughs) And I have also been working for the the gain of a company who (laughs) the benefits will never trickle down to me despite my going above and beyond the normal (laughs) scope of work. So, I'm great. (laughs) I have a deadline at work, is what I'm trying to say. So this is a very appropriate... Mm. It's not an unwind movie. No, there was a... When we sat down to rewatch this the other day, I kept qualifying with like, are you sure you want to do this? Is this going to be the unwind from your stressful work day? Uh, Is that what you want? Just to like sit and vibrate on the couch? Just, yeah, ascend to another plane of stress. (laughs) Uh, We are talking today about one of the most stressful movies I think that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. This is William Friedkin's Sorcerer from synth in my brain it's good <laughs> you always are but oh yes very specifically that's what this movie has yeah i guess this time it's a prescribed certain kind you know of why synth. yeah yes <laughs> yeah uh you may have more info on this but it's funny that it's called sorcerer yes to me. i have a lot of information great on that. <laughs> Not a not a movie you get a good sense of from the title. God no. <laughs> so if you don't know Sorcerer, even if you've seen it, it's still one of the most tense and stressful. It's just like fantastic yeah. filmmaking front to back. But uh, the setup we've got here, um, if you've seen the Henri Georges Clouseau version, The Wages of Fear, this is an adaptation of the same material. Mm-hmm. Friedkin's idea was, I'll take that story, but just make up my own protagonists for it, was the idea. Right. So this is a gangster, a crooked banker, a hitman, and a terrorist are stranded on the, on the run in a small village in South America. Uh, their only chance of escape is to drive two trucks filled with unstable dynamite, which are leaking nitroglycerin, Mm -hmm. up a long and rocky mountain road in order to plug an escalating oil refinery blaze. 
With their deadly cargo likely to explode at the slightest bump, the four men must put aside their differences and work together to survive. And the idea is this will be able to net them enough money so that they can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Trash town that they had to escape to because of their various sordid pasts. Yeah. And the company is losing so much money because this refinery is all fucked up. Yeah. That they are willing to pay people a lot for the suicide mission. Mm -hmm. And there's, the, it's interesting if you compare this to the Clouseau version, because the Clouseau version is very literal and explicit in just being like, this is what's happening. This is what's happening uh, yeah, now. Yeah. And this feels almost like dreamlike, where I know the first time, I knew even knew the setup, and I was like, I'm not quite following <laughs> what's happening. I think I know. It's very, like, at first you just bounce between the immediate precursors of each yeah. of the four main characters, and there's no seemingly no connective tissue, so then... Once you go to a further fifth location, it's like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah, we get uh, those four main characters. We each get like a mini character prologue of them to get yeah. to know why they're so desperate. Mm -hmm. what, why they're on the run. Why they're on the run. What set them off in South America. Uh, so that's like the first 30 minutes or so. The next 30 minutes is them slowly coalescing into a group mm. in, in South America, and then a solid hour of grating your teeth, <laughs> clutching the couch as you wait for something to explode. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking it's of it, we've seen, there's a, like a, I'm going to say new, but like within the last decade, restoration, and that's what mm. most people have seen now. Yeah. It was, looked quite bad and not well kept in every other version of it so like the new restoration looks goddamn amazing looks so good one of the most incredible looking movies in terms of just like capturing a location yes like very much so the helicopter shots going past the exploded oil refinery the shots of the flames and the explosion just yeah. like so rich and deep it's just wild stuff. Right at the end, too, there's, like, a, a sunset that they have to film, like, right at twilight where the sun is, is almost mm. down and just, like, it highlighting the the mountains in the background. And yeah, yeah, great shit. Absolutely wild stuff. But it's all, like, shot on location, so you've got these amazing jungle spots. All the prologues assume. take place in different countries. Mm -hmm. So, like, what I can't remember which of the actors it was, but one of them said, like, oh, I'm finally doing my first Hollywood movie, and... We are going from through all these continents, and I never went to America. Yeah. Like, it's just like, but I wanted to be in Hollywood. Darn it! So I mentioned this is our old friend William Friedkin. Uh, this is his follow-up movie to The Exorcist, which is insane to me. <laughs> that man's mind. I don't uh, know. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's something's rattling around in there. Yeah. But I, this made a lot of sense to me. I remember like. Friedkin's big banger movies are just like, oh, why is this the same guy? Like, it's French Connection, yeah. <laughs> Exorcist, and this, I feel like, are the big three. Yeah. Um, I feel like you could say any Friedkin movie, and I'm like, oh, no, that one. It's yeah. that one. Oh, no, it's probably that one. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He just, it's that that thing of, like, whenever people talk about, like, a journeyman director who's just, like, so good at doing... He can just the, come in and get the job done. Exactly. Yeah. He's the guy that comes in, gets the job done, but he's got his own... You know it's a freaking movie when it's yes. this cynical. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the thing that locked it into place for me was that Coppola was shooting Apocalypse Now. Mm. And so he was like, I'm sure. going to do my own fucked up thing <laughs> that kills me. <laughs> I'd also like to go insane in the jungle. Cool, bud. But it's his, like, his favorite movie of his. Uh, I have a lot of quotes from Freakin' today, but... Nice. Uh, 
The short one here is it's one of my only films I can watch because it came out almost exactly as I intended. Oh, sweet. So it's a classic thing of like, oh yeah, to live and die in LA. I feel like that's one that he's like, yeah, it came out okay. And a lot of his movies, it's just like my what I was envisioning didn't make it on the screen. Right. So, yeah. I'm sure. The eternal struggle. Yeah. But he, he says it's what he staked his entire reputation on. He'd do it again. All this stuff. Amazing. Just so this great. is just pure uncut Friedkin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because he The Exorcist is such a big hit, he is, he like he'll say in, in recent interviews, like, yeah, I was as arrogant as I've ever been in my entire life. I thought I could do no wrong, for better or for worse. <laughs> and no one's going to touch him at that point. Be like, you made the fucking Exorcist. Go for it. I'm yeah. not going to even walk onto your set. You yeah, do just what like, you want. I guess you know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> You've expanded the budget by 200%, but I guess let's great. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, screenplay is by Waylon Green, who the only other thing I know him from, and it's what um, Friedkin knew him from, was uh, he wrote The Wild Bunch. So oh, okay, sure. Another cynical, yeah. goddamn America movie. Everything going on south of America <laughs> is America's fault yes. a little bit, yeah. Uh, the quote from Waylon that I really like is uh, about him and Friedkin working together, quote, we wanted a cynical movie where fate turns the corner for the people before they turn it themselves. Mm, Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and the thing I really want to get to here, so this is based on a book, Le Salaire de la Peur, which mm-hmm. is Wages of Fear. Mm-hmm. My beautiful French intonation there. Flawless. Coming through. Real maritimer accent. <laughs> which is by Henri Girard, whose pen name was Georges Arnaud. Okay. Uh, and there's a very specific reason for him writing under a pen name. So I want to tell you about Henri Girard because he's super interesting. Okay. So Wages of Fear is directly inspired by Henri's life. Uh, oh, okay. All, to the point of almost one-to-one, this is a true story. Oh, boy. Uh, he is from a wealthy family. Uh, and one morning in 1941, uh, he woke up, wandered into the living room, the salon. The salon. Uh, and he just... <laughs> His entire family had been murdered in the night. It was just like on the floor. He was like, oh dear. Oh my God. He was the only survivor. Um, What the fuck happened? Nobody knows to this day. Okay. Uh, Everyone's just like, it was a smash and grab. Like, broken, murder. They were so wealthy that it was just like theft and killed the people that got in the way. Okay. But it looks very suspicious, right? Uh, Sure. He gets arrested. Uh, He's obviously suspected, number one suspect. Uh, but then World War II starts, and he literally gets forgotten about in prison. <gasps> no! So he spent 19 months in prison without anybody coming to check on him in any capacity in an open-air facility, so there's no heat, there's no food, World War II is happening, and he survives somehow. What the fuck? <laughs> Finally comes time for his trial after World War II finishes up, and he gets acquitted on the fourth day. <laughs> so it's oh a real, like, God. you guys! The whole time... So this is like oh. how you radicalize and make a cynic. <laughs> this is a, a backstory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he tries to adjust to society. It's not really successful. No, I can't imagine. Uh, so over the next four years, he spends all of his money going into debt, just like giving his money away to charities, giving all of his money away, spending it as fast as possible. He spends all of his time writing songs <laughs> that are like performed by Edith Piaf and make her famous. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Weird footnote. I like him popping up there. Yeah. But uh, he was too disgusted with society's obsession with money. Mm-hmm. So he spent all of his family's money, racked up so much debt 
and he would just take out debt and give it to charities. Uh, he wouldn't pay anything back because he's like, money doesn't exist. Oh Fuck you. God. This is a very, by the way, this is a very rich person attitude to have. It's just like, why are you all so obsessed with money? Like, most of us can't eat, Henri. I don't know if you've noticed, but there was a war. He gets a pass from me for surviving in jail. I mean, solo. I so get it. I fully get it. It is just a funny, yeah. Uh, so uh, when the debtors come after him, he flees to South America. There it is. He disappears for four years. There is no account of his life okay. for four years when he suddenly returns to Paris and fashions himself Georges Arnaud. Okay. Yeah. So he's doing it to avoid creditors. And sure. he also says for the stuff he got up to in South America. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing he does is write Wages of Fear. So that's what he was doing. Yes, so. that's what he was doing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Real slick. Uh, and okay. he hated Clouseau's adaptation, weirdly. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Friedkin, he did. He never goes on record as to say why, to my knowledge. Okay. But uh, Friedkin comes up to him one day in the 70s and is like, I really want to do an adaptation, but I don't want to disrespect your work and all that. And he's like, no, do it. It'll be so great. <laughs> okay. okay. Big Exorcist fan? I don't know. I don't know. But okay. Friedkin goes and asks Clouseau too. And Clouseau is like, I think that's a wonderful idea. Have a, have a great crack at it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's cute. And that's a little story corner about George Arnaud. Interesting. <laughs> that's you know, some real, like, weird Count of Monte Cristo vibes. Yeah. All, all in that story. But I like both versions of uh, Wages of Fear and Sorcerer. Both have this thing of there's this prison without walls. Like, you've made your own prison. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you can't go here. anywhere. Like, you could, but you can't. Yeah. It's just apparently so on the page that it's so easy to be like, yes, we all know, like, this feels, like, noirish of a, like, uh, character flaws have penned me in and now I'm trapped in this corner. (laughs) Holy hell. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we're watching this guy's, like, confessional, almost. Yeah, I think so. I think you gotta exercise some demons there. Yeah. That's... Seems... Seems not good. (laughs) You knew some people that blew up. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean... Like, that'll end just knowing that, like, you worked for, I mean, we'll get into it, but, like, worked for a company that just, like, churns through the bodies of, like, locals for labor. Like I said, we'll get into it. But the ultimate thing just being like, well, we have to dynamite the site and start over, like, stop the flow of oil because we won't meet our quota. That's, that's all. (laughs) That's the only thing that is the emergency to them is just the quota won't be met. So they have to... And <laughs> like no damage to the <laughs> you know surrounding wildlife, the, the area, number the of bodies people, of the people, yeah. like trying to yeah, <laughs> no, not important. And uh, the sweet icing on top of the cake in the original way, just a fear. I think it is a like so we can get our, our back on track for profits. Yeah. And the underlying thing here is I don't know. We're leaving shortly anyway. We just gotta clean up. Yeah. Like, Again, a very classic like of the time, but also now a <laughs> uh, thing where it's just like okay. Do we have any more chance to, like, suck this area dry before we get out? We yeah. do? Great, let's go for it. Yeah. If a couple more people died, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Yes. And the idea that, like, oh, the best solution to this fire is to dynamite it is such a, like, <laughs> that's literally how these things work, but it does feel yeah. like such a, like, this metaphor is too literal. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we did this horrible thing. Let's do a way worse thing to solve it. Cool. Two wrongs make a right. We all know this. I've heard that often. Yeah. yeah. 
but who's in this movie? I hear you wondering. Let's get into it. We've got Roy Scheider, uh, who is physically modeled. I thought this was very interesting. Physically modeled after the Humphrey Bogart character in Treasure of the Sierra oh, Madre. Oh, sure. Who, if you haven't seen it, wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. But he is a greedy little creep <laughs> but who is legitimately desperate and down on his luck so yes it's, yeah. it's a nice way to code like yeah this guy is fucked but we all know he's a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you shouldn't things shouldn't happen to you this badly just for being a, a kind of a creep you know like yeah <laughs> no one should be in this position yeah and so he is the sure. uh american coming from new jersey in this case <laughs> and he's uh, a mob Getaway like, driver. Getaway driver, yeah. yeah. So that's, I like that a lot as a backstory, who's just like, he can't go back because the mob's out for his blood. Yeah. <laughs> he robbed a church belonging to, like, a scary gangster. <laughs> yep. Uh, and shot his, the mobster's brother who's a priest. Like, that's like five layers of you fucked. There's a movie on its own just for each of these individual characters. I know, so I love great. it. so yeah. uh, I yeah. also love the role was offered to Robert Mitchum. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can see that. All of these actors were like Friedkin's like sixth or seventh choice. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was supposed to be Steve McQueen and yeah. it just like moved through stuff. And he, Friedkin is like, we got who we got. And they all did an amazing job. Yeah. But they weren't movie stars. So it was kind of his, yeah. he was hoping for movie stars because it was going to be like Steve McQueen and Lino Ventura and okay. Metriano Moscati. See, I feel like, I don't know, like it, it overshadows that then you're watching Steve McQueen do something or you're watching Metriano do something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this then is it better. starts to feel like The Great Escape to me where I'm like, yes, I guess yeah. I'm watching Steve McQueen on a motorcycle yeah. as opposed to something worth verisimilitude of any kind. I know. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Uh, but Mitchum turned it down. The only reason I highlighted him is because I love his quote here. Quote from Mitch- Mitchum, Why would I want to go to Ecuador for two or three months to fall out of a truck? I can do that outside my house. <laughs> sure, Bob. <laughs> and of course, Mitchum was drunk. So drunk as hell, yeah. <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> and I also enjoy Roy Scheider's fake name in this as Juan Dominguez, which is such a funny fake name. <laughs> You've the got... whitest guy in the room, Juan Dominguez. Yeah, yeah. But at least he, he's filthy and tanned, so yeah, he sure. fits in with the locals. <laughs> uh, we've got Bruno Kremer, who does not fit in with anybody as the uh, the corrupt banker. French guy. French guy. I don't know anybody else in this from anything. And I looked through and they're like, no, I know they you. did work, but it's just yeah. I haven't come across them. But I really enjoy him as like, he's the most straight and narrow, straight and... Uh, Narrow? Is that the phrase? There's a phrase that says that, yes. Let's say that that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, He feels the most, like, he's the white collar, or blue collar? Which one? White collar. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So he feels the least filthy of everybody, very much on purpose. (laughs) Like, he's still, like, this little Parisian white man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's got his nice watch that his wife gave him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he definitely, he's a funny one because, like, he got himself like none of them are any better than the others really they all are greedy and they all got where they are in this little town by kind of putting other people on the line yeah like in in harm's way to get money that's that's really like 100 percent of the time maybe the palestinian guy yes maybe maybe. but the it's all people got killed because of you directly or indirectly yeah for money or not but you you were willing to put other people in harm's way to get what you want but I love his prologue is the longest of all of them, I think. And I love mm. his relationship with his wife that we get a really short shot of. Yeah. When she, he, I can't even remember what he's describing. He's talking about like 
you know, I'm in discussions with this person, this business meeting, and he's just a blah. And she says, oh, no one's just anything. And that's such a like, oh, right. ooh, that's that's a real <laughs> little idiom that, or not idiom, little little expression that feels almost meaningless, but it just feels like it describes all of our guys. Like, no one's just a getaway driver for the mob. Yeah. You can also be a nitroglycerin delivery man who goes crazy <laughs> in the wilderness. <laughs> and vice versa, right? Like, these, this, they see them as expendable, these drivers yeah. that just, just get... They've got backups in case one of them explodes. That's right. Like they're not just the people doing this. There's there's they're people who like this is a very real opportunity for them and they have a, a life before and hopefully after this. Like, yeah, yeah, but to the company they're just truck drivers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one is just anything. I, I do love that line. That's yeah. a good line. It's just dropped like this is I feel like Friedkin at his most understated in the dialogue of everything. Mm. Like this is such a visual movie. Well, and like you say, it's so much it's very like it's got a lot of verisimil verisim I can never Versimilitude. Versimilitude. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. Very good. Yeah, so it, it does just feel like it doesn't feel like people delivering dialogue per se. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like you could you might be a little bit lost, but if you had this entire movie on mute or you didn't speak the language of anything that's being said, yeah. you, you'd absolutely get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is a lot of, there's not a ton of subtitling. No. A lot of people speaking in French or Spanish or whatever. and Yeah. Yeah. Just you like the it. bare minimum of what's needed to yeah. comprehend. Yeah. Especially that back half. Once you get into that back half, you don't need a spoken word. No. And they're often too exhausted to speak. Yeah. So. <laughs> Rightfully so. Uh, one of our dudes in there, Francisco Rabal, is the hitman mm. right. that we see. Which he, his is the weirdest journey of all of them. I feel like, like he's clearly fled whatever. Oh, it's Mexico. Mexico. He's yeah. fled Mexico because he's likely on the run for being a hitman. Yeah, man. he's laying low. Yeah, and I guess he's just there to try and make some money. I think. Mm. Like he doesn't feel like he he arrives and he's only there for a few days and he's like, yeah, I'll do this to get out, but like. I feel like he's maybe not even, he doesn't even need the money because yeah. he's able to bribe his way into the town because he's, he's got money. Mm. I don't know. I think it really is just like he didn't think it was going to be that serious. Like yeah. he fully had an escape plan and this was just like, oh, I could, I could make some cash while I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think he's, yeah, doing it for kicks? Yeah, doing it for the kicks. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> Juvenile delinquency we strikes again. never to say the kicks again. <laughs> and uh, Palestinian, you mentioned Amadou who has a mm, yes. mono name. Yeah, um, this is the guy that I, I know has been in other stuff. Yes, and he was Friedkin's only first choice that made it in. Oh. He, he was like, I want Amadou for the Palestinian man. Yeah. Uh, which, another really interesting, and this is where there's like no subtitling, I think, mm. in his little vignette. Um, or in his prologue, yeah. Yeah. Really interesting, like you get the full scope of everything. Like those, those are literally the extras. There are literally the Israeli Defense Force. Oh boy! It is taking place in a place where terrorist bombings are happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. incredible that they let people film that there. I, don't I know. know. I do not know how we got away with it. Like you can't film bombings in Jerusalem. I feel like I don't know. Definitely not. No, maybe it was less of a thing then. No, <laughs> the it was 70s not. Seventies were wild. Eighties. <laughs> Uh, late 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the only other featured character we get is uh, the like the foreman or whatever, who is Ramon mm. Bieri, who appears in a bunch of other stuff. Right. But he does a great job of being the American executive stand-in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not executive, but the American supervisor. The management. The slave driver. <laughs> if you will. Yes, if you will. <laughs> yes, I will. 
and then we talked about it before, but music by Tangerine Dream. Hell yeah. It's their first Hollywood score. It's really? It's the first time they've ever been commissioned for any filmic stuff, to my knowledge, oh outside of Germany. Okay. But this is a thing that came up in some other Friedkin stuff that we've uh, done, like To Live and Die in L.A. Yes. We've talked about this. Uh, Friedkin gave them the script had them write the music, and then he edited the movie to their music, which is great. Love that. But, like, what a gamble to take on. Like, Friedkin was like, I've heard of these guys. Just like, what? Are you sure? Because <laughs> this, this movie could not have cost a small amount of money. No. He and Friedkin envisioned it. it as, like, an in-between pictures thing of, like, a $2 million whatever mm. throwaway. Like, we'll just have the four main cast and a bunch of trucks and that's it. And it wound up costing like twenty five million or something yeah. like that oh, God. before marketing. Like, oh Jesus! Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, wild stuff. So they kept the music cost down by hiring an unknown. <laughs> I guess that's the move, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he loved God, their work. So good, though. Yeah, it's so great. I love it. He loved their work so much that he was like, "Oh, if only I had known them on The Exorcist." <laughs> oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's this very like I when I hear that my or, or when I think of Tangerine Dream, I do think of the more synthy like not poppy but like pop element like mm. you know thief has it yeah uh, to live in it die in la has it where you're like i could conceivably tr- see this turning into a song right sorcerer's soundtrack is so much more like noise based mm. and i i think that would have been great for the exorcist oh my that god yeah super good like there's so much music happening in this that you're not aware it's music because it's just ambience yeah yeah, yeah. um for sure great. and i i misspoke earlier just to like Cut off the comments. To live and die in LA was Wang Chung, <laughs> not to live and die. Oh not, shit, uh, that's right, that's right. Oh well, I picked it up and ran with it. So. Yeah, thank you for trusting it's on me. Me too. I'm sorry that it, uh, it was misplaced. <laughs> I'll never trust again. <laughs> so you, yeah, you already you teased this already. The title, Sorcerer. Mm. So yeah. what the fuck? Like, we've talked broad strokes about the movie already. We'll get into some of the really cool set pieces, but the idea of this movie is supposed to be based around like the hand fate deals you like based on your own um decisions and such okay like there there, there's a reason that we get a montage of them building their own trucks like this is a like Mm. i am building the the item of my destruction like (laughs) oh creepy uh so sorcerer is the name of the truck that doesn't make it through Oh, okay. You only get it. There's Sorcerer and Lazaro, which I like yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, and that's based on, you know, f- film location stuff. Uh, Friedkin was just noticing that all of the trucks were had, like, mythical names. Oh, boy. So he's like, okay, yeah, let's do Sorcerer. And, and he got in this thing. Here's a Friedkin quote. Okay. Uh, quote, the sorcerer is an evil wizard. And in this case, the evil wizard is fate. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I follow you. Okay. All right, with you so far. The fact that somebody can walk out of their front door and a hurricane can take them away, an earthquake or something falling through the roof, and the idea that we don't really have control over our own fates, neither our births nor our deaths, it's something that has haunted me since I was intelligent enough to contemplate something like it. So his core thing here is, these people aren't criminals by choice. This is... Mm. And I mean, I follow this for all of them except for the banker. Uh, but these are people that were set up with this awful, like, you can see into their background. The Palestinian especially, like, you are yeah, dealt yeah. a rough life. And you are dealing with it the only way you really can figure out how to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I. it's, it's such a... I, I wonder if it's even, like... It kind of even doesn't matter whether your backstory is, like... Mm understandable like 
sympathetic or no. It's just like, it doesn't matter. This one guy, like the Palestinian guy, understandable. You yeah. know what's happening there and you know what very little choice he probably had in, in where his life ended up. Mm-hmm. The hitman, not so much. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the banker, definitely like, he was already clearly wealthy. Like, yeah. you know, that that sort of thing. It's all just, and you're all just going to die the same way. You know what I mean? Exploding in a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilies. Well, they don't all. Yeah. Part of that that I think is really interesting is that the original intent to shoot this movie was it opens with Roy Scheider in, I can't remember the name of the town, the town that they're in. Somewhere in New Jersey, yeah. No, 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 in South America. Oh, oh, sure. And it's just he's waking up and being like, oh, another nightmare. And then you don't learn about these characters other than they see each other as like, oh, we're not, we're the only non-natives. Sure, Kind of. Yeah. And then they end up working on these trucks, and while they're slowly unraveling, they're flashing back to what brought them there. Right, okay. And I feel like either approach would be interesting. I don't know which one would be better, but I, I personally think it's very fascinating the way that it's set up. But that version of it where you're flashing back, that feels like the evil wizard stuff of like, oh, I'm trapped here, and you slowly learn like, oh, it wasn't it was kind of fate dealing me a hand, but it was also my own actions that got me to this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Be... I, I kind of like it, like, knowing that that's his intent, is there's just this evil hand of fate that can fuck with you whenever it feels like it. It does feel like the, like, front-loading all of that stuff mm. makes sense to me in in for that approach, where it's like, you hear each of your backstories... They're so wildly different, and yet you all ended up in the same place. That's yeah. fate, baby. You know, instead of already starting with them having so much in common, you know, so much like be having this commonality of like we all work here, we're all here against our will. It's it kind of I I like the the other approach. Yeah, I like that too. I I hadn't thought of that because it otherwise feels like wow we have so much in common because we're all expats of something or whatever. We're all in this situation. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, they all have lives there. Like, you can tell that Roy Scheider has been there for a while. Yeah. You can tell that uh, Kassem, I think his name is, the Palestinian, has mm-hmm. been there for a while. Yeah. Uh, it feels like maybe the Frenchman is more recent. Like a couple of weeks. And then, and then yeah. the hitman showing up is is brand new. But that that like breaks it up a little bit more so that you feel like they each have their own experience that they're coming out with. Yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, I just think it's neat. It's very neat. But then the fact that Sorcerer is the one that explodes as the, like, like, that's the thing that fucking ruins everything. Because going through, talking about random chance, they just happen to hit a weird pothole, fall off the trail, truck explosion is what forces... Tragic. So stupid. After all the bullshit that they survive, (laughs) and then they hit a fucking pothole. Yeah. I hate it. But this is... It's the classic thing. I know. It's the you're within three miles of home. Yeah. (laughs) Don't take off your seatbelt, you fool. Oh, we made it through the tough part. The tension's relieved, and then the jump scare. Let your guard down. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Uh, Classic. Classic stuff. Um, But if that hadn't happened... Like, they were so close. Yeah. And that explosion happens that diverts Lazorio, I think was his name. Lazaro, Laz- yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> which in turn gets uh, the hitman killed, mm-hmm. which sends Scheider over the edge. Like, yeah. if not for that, then all the Nitro Who makes knows? it there, probably. Possibly. They all go their merry ways. Yeah, yeah I know. It's what, because like... Some bullshit. I had completely forgotten how the movie ends, too, that it ends on (laughs) the mob catches up with him. I know. After all of that, like, he survived all of it. He doesn't... 
His prize, his great prize for like risking his life is he just gets to not live there anymore. He gets like, a check that he can't cash, yeah. which is so, <laughs> oh. And then the mob pulls up, they found him. And they, yeah, I, I, it's quite a, it's quite an unraveling. I think you used that word before and I'm like, yes, that, yeah. just, that is what happens to them. The thing that caught me the most on this watch of it was obviously like all the set pieces are amazing. We've got all, once we're. They're barely set pieces. You're in the jungle. Yeah, crazy. that's true. Yeah. They do the Jurassic Park. The sign is broken and the arrow, we don't yeah. know which way it's going to go. <laughs> they did that 20 years earlier, whatever. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, you fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> they do the winch on the... That's true. <laughs> it's all coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you see the de-evolution of our leads yeah. so fast. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that I feel like you got to have all of that front-loading, because otherwise you'd just yeah. be like, why are... Four guys, I, okay. Yeah, that I barely got a chance to know you before this happened, but you're watching them go from their peak to their... Yes, nadir. yeah, on top of the world. Yeah. yeah, and it really is like there's... There's really nothing they could have done differently. No. You know? But, like, Roy Scheider really has, like, at best times, he has a slightly haunted, craggly face. <laughs> but by the end of this, like, it is Absolutely crushing. out of his fucking gourd. It's a less common meme, but there's an image of Scheider. It's while they're being held up by the, the local rebels of him just, like... He has a slightly bemused expression, but he is so craggly and destroyed internally there, I just know it as a it's, it's a reaction image. Oh, I know okay. too, just like like a classic Cooper from Twin Peaks, thumbs up with a <laughs> tummy shot thing of like I'm dying, but that's great kind of reaction. I'm dying, but I still got to go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, okay, all right. So, so seeing that occur in in the actual media was real. Like I wow. get it. All yep. right. <laughs> I think all our memes should come from sorcerer. Oh my I god. Do. <laughs> Quite a well to draw from. Can a movie give you PTSD? Yes. Oh, good. It did. <laughs> and speaking, I just want to highlight the one last time. I think I said this already, but the explosions in this movie mm. are like every other movie wishes its mm, its explosions yeah. were this cool looking and yeah. also so scary. Like I'm I'm concerned. I'm I'm going into this recording. I was like, I feel like I'm about to learn some Fitzcarraldo level shit. Oh God! You just one of your eyebrows went up. <laughs> I told Aaron right. beforehand that I had two segments for her. So <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, there's there's no way what you see on that in some of these scenes. There's no way. <laughs> there is <laughs> just no full way. Stop. You, I don't know if the local <laughs> ecosystem has recovered from this yet. Oh my god! Or the bodies of the stuntmen. Speaking of the local ecosystem, it is it like just hard left but Let's it, do it. the greens in this restoration mm. it just looks so beautiful whenever you're cutting to just the jungle yeah it and honestly like, it's gorgeous it was all overseen by Friedkin he was very hands on with the restoration because he, he had said a lot nice. like it's my chance to make it actually what I wanted it to be yeah and he's so happy with it That's that great. in turn makes me very happy <laughs> I like when he's happy yeah because then he won't hurt anybody <laughs> oh you think <laughs> that's what you think uh, well, I think that's a wonderful time to get to our first segment. I'm scared. It's time for another edition of Hooray for Hollywood. Oh, not what? Not the what segment I where we look at the bitchy Hollywood infighting that gets us results, damn it! <laughs> Yay! Uh, this is a slightly skewed. A lot of the time, this has been about just advertising, but this is more the lead up to how this movie was advertised. Okay. Really. 
to cut to the quick, to do a little bit of uh, telling you the ending before we get there, I think this is a common. This is shared a lot as the like famously bombed movies that no one saw. Right. Um, for... Well, the one thing I do know about this movie is that Star Wars opened the same weekend, yes. and this one's called Sorcerer. So like, good fucking luck. Yeah, you really fucked yourself. There. And like, yeah, if you're called Sorcerer, and then you walk in, and it's like a guy doing a hit in Mexico City. Like, it's no one... You're walking out. Yeah, no. God. The, this movie... I do love this movie, but it is incredibly slow. And that's like... At first. At first. But that's the idea of it is just this, you like, mundane tension. Yes. No, exactly. Yeah. Mundane tension. Yeah, I like that. I've coined a thing. Just now. <laughs> it's mine now. It's, you can't have it. Okay. Trademark. Hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> Wait. I feel like somebody Hold else on. owns that. <laughs> might be in some trouble anyway so, this movie famously bombed uh pause for laughter <laughs> uh another near spit take on the pod <laughs> why would you wait until okay um friedkin's reaction to that was i'm not a banker that was his quote response <laughs> like i don't give a shit i made the movie i wanted he was sad that it got uh, panned and nobody came to it but he was like it's the movie i wanted to make so i can't complain i mean fair enough <laughs> um but uh, there's a big reason why the studios wouldn't support him. Uh, I mentioned Friedkin ran way over budget, but he also actively antagonized the studio. And here's where he was so arrogant. Okay. They all were like, oh, you'll shoot it in studio. He's like, no, it's all locations. <laughs> what are you, stupid? I've scouted all these locations. It's going to be killer. Um, but then... for laughter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, help, I'm helping. You are helping. I like that. <laughs> uh, but the major, for instance, here that uh, <laughs> so Paramount Studios is one of the major uh, studios here. Right. They were then owned by the resource company Gulf and Western. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, so this movie doesn't depict them in the greatest light. And it is them, right? I it's believe that so. Company. It's if not that company explicitly, it's their direct competitor. Okay. So it is like these are the people. The, yeah, this, this is the industry. So more than that, the Gulf and Western Company was then owned by a guy named Blue Dorn. Oh boy. That's yeah. Uh, to depict the evil board of directors in the business meeting when we're talking about. We're not going to even get to be here in a month. We just got to get cleaned yeah, up. Yeah, we just got to hit quota and leave. Yeah. The image over the shoulder of the guy that's saying that is Blue Dorn <laughs> and the board of directors that had recently bought Paramount Studios. No! <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so I got a quote from uh, screenwriter Waylon Green here for you. Uh, quote, uh, Friedkin put Blue Dorn's picture on the wall in the office in the scene where the oil company foreman finds out that the well is blown by terrorists and they can't do anything about it. When Blue Dorn saw his picture on the wall as chairman of the oil company, he had a shit hemorrhage. Mmm, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the gift of language. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> He's a screenwriter. Mr. Green, yeah. Uh, yeah, so starting off on a pretty awful foot. Like, like, just use a dude that looks like him. Come on. No, Friedkin was like, <laughs> no, this is the bad guy. not. I hate him. With my life. <laughs> uh, so that's bad. Um, Paramount didn't want to spring for a lot of marketing money for this movie because it was supposed to be. I think the budget that they initially worked out was like $10 million and they wound up doing 25 um, And that was because of location shooting, delays, a lot of stuff I'm going to get to. Okay. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, it opened opposite Star Wars. It wasn't at the same time, it was actually a month afterward. Oh, okay. But it well, that's was. Worse. It's much worse. <laughs> But the 
Advertising for this movie is so confusing. Really? <laughs> yes. I have, actually have never checked that out. Because It's because the sorcerer is the main thing. Sure. They had to put out, there are literal placards under the marquees, in all caps, saying, not a film about the supernatural. Because everyone's like, oh, The Exorcist, Sorcerer, I mean, Star Wars sure. is popular, it's yeah. a fantasy something or other. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and I mo most people are probably thinking, like, oh, it's a horror movie. They had to put up placards outside of the theaters saying, your attention, please, to dramatize the diverse backgrounds of the principal characters in Sorcerer. Two of the opening sequences were filmed in the appropriate foreign languages with subtitles in English. Other than these opening scenes, Sorcerer is an English, English language film. Oh my god. That yep, was an yep. advertisement for the movie. <laughs> How can we put butts in seats? <laughs> Tell them they'll understand what's being said. But say it in a really long way yeah, that's no kind of No one's even reading past the... They saw the words foreign language, yeah. and I guarantee you 75% peace. They had so many walkouts because of I bet. people not understanding oh, what was happening. Oh, 100%. Um, ah, it's so silly. Like, there's a... You know, there's the poster with the truck, obviously, but I feel like a lot of it is... Roy Scheider, like that close-up of his face and yeah. then like billowing smoke, so it doesn't not look like it's about an evil wizard. Yes, it's not. Just or saying. you're selecting a new pope or something. Like <laughs> jungle pope? New jungle pope, yes. Um, so it gets panned by critics also and is costing so much money oh. that it gets kicked out of theaters. Oh, that's so brutal, no. For a return of Star Wars. Uh -huh. So like that's kind of what I mean, winds up happening. What are you going to do? Um, but the reason it was panned by critics is because they were like, how dare he remake Clouseau's Wages of Fear? Oh. They took it as a literal insult, and so they were getting Clouseau quotes as being like, it's fine. <laughs> to like try and sell them. Why are you still <laughs> Um, Original director. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, really funny. Oh, here we go. So uh, it made back six million dollars on an estimated fifty million dollar oh, budget. That's so brutal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons it was panned so hard is Friedkin couldn't do any press because he was laid up with malaria from shooting in a jungle. <laughs> Why aren't we learning? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. great thing is, so that's the hooray for Hollywood bits. It's just really this black hole of awful marketing Absolute stuff. Absolute perfect storm, yeah. But it has made its way back from obscurity, mostly because uh, of Friedkin and a lot of... This is a cult movie has no meaning anymore, uh, but it, it, it was a cult movie for a while. Sure. Uh, it got lost for a long time um, and was only available on like the worst quality of VHS, and eventually on DVD, but Friedkin himself would go to uh, sellers selling the DVD to say, "Don't buy this. This is not my movie." Oh, well, it looked like but you're really shooting yourself in the foot here. I got the quote here. Quote: "This is William Friedkin. I did not authorize any DVDs. This DVD is awful. Avoid." <laughs> Put that on the cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Friedkin himself doesn't yeah. want you to see. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, that might sell. In a, in a certain uh, a weird way. Yep. genre. Okay. In 2011, an art house uh, place contacted Friedkin to be like, who owns this? We want to pay. We will pay to get the rights to like put this on screen because we think that it's it's been lost. Like nobody had seen it in forever. Yeah. So it's a group called Cine Family. Thank you, Cine Family. Thank you, Cine Family. Uh, quote from Friedkin. In 2011, they emailed me and told me that they had tried to book the film and were told by Paramount that they didn't own the film anymore and they didn't know who did. 
So I sent them to Universal, and the same answer came in. That was the other studio. So I had to sue both companies to determine who owned the picture. Oh, my God. So he starts a lawsuit saying he (laughs) wants the box office returns. Like, an insane thing. Like... Sure. If he got the percentage, it would be like $50,000 of what he's uh, suing for. Yeah. But he's only doing it because the court then has to determine who owns the rights. They have the to rights. do the paper trail. They have to... Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, within a few days, <laughs> it's like, oh, Paramount does actually own it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So uh, the they restaurant... They cared about it so little that I know. they were like, I actually don't know and I don't want it. Yeah. I literally will not put in the work to look at my own records. <laughs> Interesting. So, ooh, our cat is sneezing off camera. Bless she you. hates studio executives. <laughs> Allergic to them. Uh, quote, for decades, legions of executives tried to bury Sorcerer. It was like a sport to them. Now, they can all go to hell. <laughs> oh my God. William Freakin. <laughs> this guy's so intense. <laughs> Blood sport. I love, Freakin is oh, such a fun psychopath to read about. such a little bitch, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Uh, yeah, oh. so, like, literally, that's what brought around the restoration, that, like, Friedkin is, like, by the Blu-ray, he <laughs> didn't, he still says no DVD quality movie exists. Right. Only the Blu-ray. Only by that. Yep. It is an astounding movie. Yep. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Ra-da-da-da-da-da. Hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, oh, what a struggle. Like, just how much mental energy do you have to use up to be constantly, like, on the defensive, just always? Like, I know yeah. that this must be the case a lot of the time, but it just, to, to how much do you have to love making movies to want to wade through that bullshit? And I mean, Incredible. for... Like, 2011, when he does this lawsuit, like, 35 years later, if that's math. He's still mad it? about it, yeah. Yeah, he's still fuming about it. He's furious. <laughs> To give a quote that was like, they can go straight to hell. <laughs> okay, buddy. So funny. Oh, my God. Speaking of hell, it is time for another segment of Location, Location, Location. Ah. The segment where we talk about locations. Oh. <laughs> very good. Uh, so a lot of this was really obviously shot in varied countries. Everything is taking place where it says it's taking place. Okay. Uh, so we've got uh, our prologues, New Jersey, Paris, Veracruz, and Jerusalem. Mm. Uh, so first talking about Jerusalem, I just, that explosion off the top oh, is boy. one of the scariest explosions I've ever seen. It feels very like you're at street level when this building explodes. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. There's so much like flying debris and like you see people's bodies go flying it's a lot they made it too strong by accident no nobody was like really injured okay it was just scary as hell god damn it it was this is the one thing that's insane to me so the explosion shattered the mayor of jerusalem's windows (laughs) and it was like six blocks away like really close So they had to shoot it a second time. No! (laughs) Because it was so strong that, like, it it screwed it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So they did this. And what we see in the movie is a combination of those two explosions. And, like, the people that were on the ground were like, it's done so well that I can't even tell which one it is. I was there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I have PTSD, so I don't remember anything (laughs) from that day, but... Bananas. Well, one of the reasons they might have PTSD is because there was a Palestinian bombing down the street... And some of the footage at the time that they were filming this, when they were setting off their explosions, there was a little bombing. Like taking place? Yep. 
Oh my god! So Friedkin was like, oh, this will look good on camera, and they ran down and got footage before uh, oh. the Israeli Defense Force kicks them out. Okay, that's pretty gross. I yeah, don't know about that. quite grim. That's what a madman! Yeah. Okay. He is quite a madman. The only other prologue bit I was going to let you know about in New Jersey, that robbery, mm. that is based on a real robbery uh, okay. of a real mob church. It's that... so specific. Yeah. I was like, why a church? Okay. Uh, but the, the real church where it happened is three blocks away from that church that they shot it in. Okay. Which is cute. Why are you not just do it at that church? Um, <laughs> the aforementioned PTSD. So the leader of the mob in the movie, who's credited as Donnelly, I think. Okay. Um, he's the only guy that's got talking lines. He's sure. the, the yeah. main the main dude. Uh, he's the person who actually committed the real robbery. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Freaking loves employing his criminal buddies. He loves, he is just a job machine <laughs> yeah. for ex-cons. And this was his first time on camera. And he went on to have a successful acting career. Good for him! Yeah. There you go, there's rehab. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh. What does he think, what does he, does he just get a kick out of being like, hey, I've got a bad guy on like, payroll? Like, what is his little, he loves doing this He so loves doing, I think he just loves making things as real as they can be, like I feel guess. as real, and yeah. what would be more real than the, like. Hey, can you shoot this priest like you did before? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I can't I gotta give it up. I, it clearly works. I just I don't know what's up with his brain. He's putting in the real time and research. I think like you gotta yeah. hand it to him whichever way it's going. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be like that's gross and disrespectful or wow. I mean yeah. <laughs> okay, good for him. The two flavors. <laughs> gross. Wow. Uh, and we'll come back to the main truck bits, but I just want to shout out the very ending portion when they're like mm. supposed to be on the mountain. Takes place in the sure. Bisti Badlands. That's the real deserty oh, area sure, sure. where Roy Scheider uh, loses his mind. Yep. <laughs> I just I'm shouting them out because they look so like there there is no place that looks like that. Yeah, I really I have a hard time telling what's meant to be. Oh, he's hallucinating the shit out of this place. Mm. Like it, it feels like his he's cracked and he's mm. seeing all of this. He's like on an alien planet for yeah. all intents and purposes. Like as as a hill. He'll never make his way out of here. You know, yeah. like, there's just no hint of, like, where where to go to get out of this kind of place. Like, he's just surrounded by these weird fucking rock formations. It looks like the surface of another planet. It's, yeah, it's there's, wild. it's impossible to, like, there's a bunch of slow zooms on some of the landscape. Mm. And I have such a hard time figuring out scale. Like, it just feels uh, like yes, this bizarre yeah. wasteland. Yeah. But, yeah, sure. I agree. I, I know watching it the first time, I was like, oh, this is literal. And, he's, and this time around was very... Like, like, is it, though? Oh, yeah. he is just, like, yeah, cracking up big time. Yeah. And, I mean, the okay. dead man's cackling is not uh, helping matters. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, so that's New Mexico. I just I just want to shout it out. That's neat. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. That was a, like, the location scouts were, one of the guys was just like, hey, I know that you want to shoot this all in the jungle, but I had an idea for the ending, William Friedkin. And he's like, yeah. let's see it. And he's like, yes. Yeah, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Messed up. I love it. It's such a good transition from this very, like, lush greenery and, you know, water. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, you know, it's clearly a landscape people could live off of. And then by the time he's alone, he's the only one left and he's just in this fucking barren wasteland. And I think of it, too, like, the jungle, like you say, it's full of life and all Mm -hmm. that barren wasteland. If it is literal, then this is the, like, oh, this is the... If you want to do a man versus nature thing, this is the result of 
all the activities. You easily could. Yeah, nothing yeah. can live here because, like, the closer you get to the oil field, the worse it looks. Yeah. yeah. What have we wrought? There indeed, you go. That's, indeed. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the main jungly driving areas, it's all in the Dominican Republic, which is nice. Mm. But let's talk about the bridge. Oh, God, do we have to? Yes, we must. <sighs> you can't do an episode no, on Sorcerer and not talk about the bridge. I was just hoping. <laughs> <laughs> This this scene took years off of my life. Oh my god! Yeah, like yeah. Talk to me. Just let's just talk about our feelings about the bridge. Oh first. God, let's get I it all out yeah. the open. <laughs> the I mean, like you, it, it should be it should be the end of the scene. You should see the bridge and look at the truck, and go, oh, obviously not. Like that should be a barrier. That yeah. should be their clue that they fucked up and they have to go back. And as you start seeing the this fucking armored truck start trundling off over the, I don't I don't know if this is man-made or not the incredible rainstorm happening like borderline monsoon man-made. yeah oh my god it looks it looks incredibly yeah. real it just like there's I don't think there's any music at this point because it's all just howling it's the loud like the wind is so loud and you can hear you can kind of hear the truck as it's groaning it sounds like a monster yeah it sounds like an actual beast they used uh tiger growls i think oh i'm not at all surprised yeah okay that's good Yeah, it's it's incredible. Like the sound design, I think, is the thing that stresses me out the most, and that is saying something because this enormous fucking truck is trying to cross this rope bridge. Uh-huh. I, I just I can't I can't you gotta watch it. I, yeah, it there's really no way to describe it. Even if you're not gonna watch the movie, just watch that part. It's the shitty thing of like you don't get nearly the same amount of scope because you haven't been building the tension over the time. Yeah. But it, it gets the point across. You, you get, get it. it. And like no, it's not enough that this is the situation they're putting themselves in. I can't remember which pair. Whoever whoever it is, like one of them has to because the bridge isn't even the bridge is falling apart. Yeah. There aren't enough slats for the tires to drive on. Yeah. So there's someone's placed like a couple of logs here and there. And so someone has to get out in front of the truck and guide the truck. Like, okay, now there's a log, but it's a little to your left. So in order for the tires to not just go through the bridge, you have to like go a little to the left, yeah. inch forward, and a little to the center. And <laughs> in monsoon conditions. Yes. Yeah. They can't hear each other. It's just frantic waving and like oh my God. the cuts to inside the truck. Oh and my God. You're like, oh yeah, he's guiding him, sure, sure. And yeah. then you cut to inside, like, how? You can't fucking see anything. <laughs> you can barely see this guy. And then the person guiding falls through the bridge. Yeah. And and kind of is struggling to get out, and the guy inside can't fucking see where he is, so he's inching forward. And this <laughs> yeah. truck is just coming up on him just inch by torturous inch and he's trying to scream i'm here i'm right here i'm right here and i i really like by this point i am convinced that you're gonna see a truck for real run a man over yeah like squish the life out of a man yeah i i just i it's it is really hard to watch in a in a like physical way oh yeah you know it challenges you as a viewer, <laughs> but like the extra. St- so we're talking about the monsoon conditions. The water is like touching the oh bottom of God, the bridge. Yeah. By the time, so we have to watch it twice, 
Yes. We get it with. We have to watch both drugs do it. I like don't literally, die. I turned to you and said, "Like, oh, thank God that is over." And then, like two <laughs> oh, scenes later, no, jokes. <laughs> we already did this. I don't have to. The things that strike me about it that are so well designed of like, there's the slats and everything. Mm. You get the long off shots when they're like approaching it initially. Like, oh, yeah. okay, a wooden bridge. This fucking sucks. Yeah, um, <laughs> this but is garbage. Part of me looking at it is like, oh. It's a vehicle bridge, so it's going to be fine to drive over. But like you say, you have the slats, but then everywhere in between the slats is like just huge just holes. Gaping holes, yeah. And there's so many great camera shots looking up through it. Yeah. And that's what really made me realize, too, that the, the implication of time. So we get the first crew goes through, mm-hmm. and the water is not even close to the bridge and then by the time the second crew comes through it's getting up there yeah just this extra level of you have to get off the bridge yeah yeah you don't have a lot of time left for real yeah no that's true and i i like the sound design is one thing but the watching the bridge tilt and Mm. the truck i don't i don't actually know how or if like i don't know if they all made it across because I don't understand how the truck just didn't tip over into the water, like flip, you know, <laughs> yeah. the bridge flip over because it really like it it it's angled in a way that's like there's no way that this truck is not just falling over. I don't know. It's insane. I will say too, uh, to your point of sound design, I didn't really realize that it was the only Oscar nomination it got was for sound. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Which not makes surprised. absolute sense. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about when it went into the bridge. It was indeed a creation for the movie, obviously. Uh, It took three months to build because it's full of hydraulics. The actual rope is just hydraulic um, things. As as well as like the the ropes coming down to the bridge. Sure. All the swaying you're seeing, that's somebody off camera with a a remote control swinging it back and forth. Okay, see, that makes me feel a little less (laughs) insane. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, oh boy, when we talk about going over budget, the bridge is, like, the main reason they go over budget. Really? Yeah. There's one fucking bridge? Um, yeah, you slap that shit on the poster for sure. Oh, yeah. Where you are going to get every cent Bring out of this every... bridge we can. Yeah. So they built this bridge over, uh, uh, oh, I didn't take down the name of the river, but a river in um, Dominican yeah. Republic yeah. that is just a classic big river that would have this over it so we're doing it whatever um and then they're getting set up to do the shots and they're like where'd all the water go and they start looking around like oh there is uh like once in a lifetime drought Drought. happening uh literally the first time in 100 years that a drought had ever occurred to this that's fate baby (laughs) damn you evil wizard (laughs) the wizard strikes again huh so the executives are like, okay, Friedkin, figure it, just do it in studio, figure out a way to make it cost effective. And he's like, no. No, I will not be doing it. Tear that. it down. We're going to Mexico. There's oh a, my God. There's a river in Mexico that we know about. It's uh, the Papaloapan. Papaloapan? Okay. Yep, river. Uh, it has never dried up in river living memory. It looks so much like the Dominican area. Um, so we'll go get set up there. They took... I think a couple months doing other shoots and stuff in Dominican Republic. Then they get up there. They set up and a drink. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we call a twist. This is the turn. (laughs) Did William Friedkin run over someone's dog recently? A powerful warlock of some kind? I'm just picturing him like he's taking off his hat. He's stomping on it in anger. Absolutely. He gets there and just starts cackling because what are you going to (laughs) do? 
<laughs> Motherfucker. You gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. <laughs> no. But rather than find another river, they fake it. So that's okay. Yeah, okay, that's right. what gives us this. So they've got like helicopter rotors providing the wind. I was gonna say, it's, like, what would you have to do to a real river yeah. that's dried up to make it look like a monsoon? It's bonkers. One nice fate thing. Well, kind of nice and not nice. Uh, this is a really deserted area in uh, Mexico. Like, okay. it's not deserted. Isn't the right word because there are people there. It's not uh, developed. Um, okay. So there are lots of local villages around. But they're still big enough that, like, people are like, oh, the director of The Exorcist is coming to town. <laughs> half of them are like, you devil man, stay away from us. And the other half is like, that movie was cool. I love that shit. <laughs> so the locals are like, can we help you build your bridge? And they're oh, like, come that's on. cute. All right, okay. <laughs> and hey, bonus, I guess, like, a bunch of water during a tri- time of drought? Yeah. I don't know if that's, like... Good, Good for, yeah. But to your point, yeah, okay. the truck fell in the water all the time. Oh my god, okay, all right. I'm not insane. I'm like, I don't understand the physics of how this would work. All of the in-the-truck shooting is Friedkin holding the camera. Oof. So he's going over in the truck. Oh, it, boy. I think he said he went over three times. And each time he said it was successively the most scary thing that's ever happened. I can't even imagine, yeah. So he, I know river that he himself built. Yeah, I know. Too. Like he's not even not under his control. You're just getting beat over the head with the irony. Just mm-hmm. goddamn evil wizards everywhere. <laughs> like I, sh- I wouldn't have been shocked to learn that William Friedkin died doing this movie. Oh yeah, this is the. the it is the same journey as Coppola with Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now. Like, yep. he's getting malaria. People are getting sick everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> he's falling in this dirty water. That's. I mean, yeah. yeah. But they film it. They got to do it twice. It's arduous. A point you raised before about the stunt people must have been furious about this mm-hmm. movie. They were furious Uh-oh. because they weren't allowed to do any of the fucking stunts because all the <laughs> actors want to do their own stunts. Really? <laughs> so they were bored. I want to do something. <laughs> no, man. Just sit back. Have a pina colada. Come on. Uh, That's so funny. And as they're shooting this, they, had, they ran into another exciting complication because the federales show up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Undercover federal agents were working on the shoot. <laughs> Why? Uh, <laughs> the, okay. Uh, and they came to him and uh, identified 30 crew members made up of stuntmen, makeup artists, and... F- so they've got, like, a local crew as well. A local Someone. crew and an American crew. Okay, okay. Uh, no, I think it's almost exclusively American with some locals. Okay. But the federalists say uh, these 30 crew members are in possession of illegal drugs they have to leave the country by nightfall, or we are arresting every single person involved with the movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, then they were like, we will confiscate all of your goods. We, You will not get them back. Oh, boy. So, Friedman was like, you all get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, he just said yes. He yeah. Leave. Leave. So, he loses Amazing. 30 of his crew members. Oh, and God. meanwhile, about 50 individuals had to leave because of gangrene. Oh, what? Yeah. When did you get gangrene? Mm, all over... <laughs> at all times at all times like isn't gangrene a wound condition it's due to injuries that were just getting infected and stuff oh jesus so Christ. he's down about 80 crew members while he's trying to film this bridge scene just pr- so this movie is really more about william friedkin uh, slowly going insane trying to accomplish an impossible task yes okay great <laughs> love that for him <laughs> fucking hell fucking hell is right okay so he describes it as the most arduous thing he has ever shot, which I hope no one has to go through what he has done for our entertainment here. 
Um, Literally sacrificing his body for the play here. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Were the was this a shakedown or were the Federales serious? Like were they? No, they actually... were like, "Here is the drugs oh, I found it okay. on in their backpack," and all the crew members and stuff were like, "Yeah, uh, I thought they wouldn't really I, catch us." <laughs> oh, I thought it was working, so it would be fine. <laughs> God damn it, you guys! All right. Yeah. Cute. Uh, but to uh, tie off the injury part, uh, William Friedkin lost about 50 pounds shooting oh, this movie, god. which is terrifying. Oh my god. Yeah. I... <laughs> and it's all on the screen, baby. <laughs> Can you imagine getting gangrene and like presumably having to be like airlifted out of wherever you're filming? Oh my god. And then your movie makes like 10% of its budget back? <laughs> be like god fucking damn it every one of the actors too was just like oh my god like roy scheider <laughs> was imagine. roy scheider famously was like jaws was so hard and da, 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 da. and he after filming this movie he's like i would shoot a hundred jaws before this <laughs> like oh my god before, i mean like we joke like he looks like trash at the end of mm. the movie like just pale complete like a thousand yard stare yeah. i i don't know if that's acting I, there's like a quote about what? Who is it? It's uh, Leone or something like that. He's got something of death about him. Mm, so like oh, looking yes. at him is just like, oh, you. Yeah, there's that boy ain't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. God damn it. But to finish on a lighter note. Oh please. I wanted to take us to another fantastic setup and everything. It, it goes on way longer than I remembered. The big tree. I love that. The big I tree is so cool. It's very cool. That is a tree. <laughs> I can tell you did your research. Local tree. Yeah, I looked down to be like, what kind of tree? Didn't write that down. Tree. All right. <laughs> it's uh, from around there. So this is in the Dominican Republic. That's a no, legit ass okay. tree that okay. fell that oh, they well. just like threw on there. Um, so they're working with the environment. But it's such a cool, like, this is when I talk about the visual storytelling, like this yes. is such a visual movie. This is, they only exchange like three or four words. Oh, yeah. But. Barely. You, it's real, like. Okay, I think an I I have an idea. Mm. And yeah. then we cut to And know. then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we've got like Roy Scheider wants to cut his way through the swamp. Uh the hitman is like, No, I will shoot you in the back before I do that. There's no words about it, just like vague mutterings. They're already all exhausted. They've driven through the night, I think. Yeah, after it's after the bridge. Yeah. They they all make it across the bridge and they drive through the night and then yeah. this fucking tree. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this is, I love, one of the things I love about this movie is that you've got, it's not the same kind of tension because that would kill a person over time, I feel like. <laughs> the You've got the, the really harsh corner turn that happens really early on. That's kind of our little oh, palette. Yes. Uh, <laughs> amuse-bouche. For the its... very first, like, oh God, they're in a truck. This is so dangerous. Yeah. Like high up on a cliff and having to make a sharp turn. Yeah. Sure, yeah. That, that's just a real, like, ooh, that was tense. They made it through. And then you get, uh, we're a little lost, and you're... Which way should we go? More tension between characters. Interpersonal. Yeah. yeah. And then we combine that with the the legit scenario of the bridge. And then we get to this moment that feels more like, okay, we have to, like, carefully plan. Yeah. And work together. They do teamwork. Yeah, yeah they do yeah. teamwork. And I love how it all comes together. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get the, like, you get a couple shots of something happening, of, like, Amadou putting dirt in a sack. You're like, oh, what's that for? Yeah. And then you slowly start to see him put it together. Like, oh, I think I get it. Demolitions like, expert. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so did they really blow up that tree? Hell yeah, they did. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> I was like, maybe it's a miniature. No. <laughs> nope. They put that tree on there, and then they blew the shit blew out of it. Blew the 
fuck out of it. I every time I see that shot, I'm like, oh, so many poor little bugs in that tree, uh, just like experiencing the, a brief moment of flight, yeah, and then death. <laughs> bugs are hardy. They got chitin. Yeah, sure. They, they chitin. Yeah. Uh, hard bug. They'll just like embed in another tree and have a happy life there. Let's hope. <laughs> sure, sweetie. They definitely all lived. Me, the optimist, watching sorcerer. <laughs> Where are you drawing this from? <laughs> you should be beaten down this by This is now. just, I'm a contrarian. So. <laughs> right. Um, so, like most of the explosions in this movie, what is the final product is not the first attempt. Mm, really? Okay. Yeah. How do you do this twice? Yeah, how do you do this twice? That's a great question, Ern. Thank you so much. The first attempt, they it. set up the explosives, they rolled film, and they hit the, the boom button, and they hear a, like, soft whump. Oh. And they're like, what the fuck? And the demolitions guy walks up and freaking walk up. The tree was so thick that their strongest explosives had no impact on it oh, whatsoever. Boy. <laughs> they they like a, they the like negated the bomb. Yeah, and it's like the same crew that worked on the Exorcist. So these are all really hardcore, know what they're doing, practical guys. Sure. But the wood was so dense that what should have mathematically happened, like I we just didn't calculate the density properly, I guess. Okay. And they didn't have any materials to try it again. No. Because <laughs> they tried like. You don't bring extra bombs. I w- <laughs> like, you don't have to... Uh, no, actually, you don't want to be transporting. Yeah. So they're stuck staring at this goddamn tree. What are they going to do, Aaron? Tell me, Nick. Smash cut to Queens, New York. <laughs> there was a man who had a reputation as being the best at building empty lots, if you know what I mean. He was a man who'd buy you a drink and convince you that your dead-end restaurant wasn't a liability. It was actually an asset. You just had to see it his way. He was an arsonist known under the pseudonym Marvin the Torch. Oh my god! <laughs> Real name still unknown to this day. Fuck off. Somehow, somehow, Friedkin gets in touch with him. Marvin the Torch. Marvin the Torch. A new main character has entered the chat. Three days later, Marvin the Torch is walking through the Dominican jungle. He uses what he calls flammable materials. Uh-huh. Sets up the tree. One take, explosion. That's what we capture. He disappears and is never seen again. No, fuck <laughs> off. No. That's not true. There are separate <laughs> stories about arson cases and insurance fraud about Marvin the Torch in New York. Okay. He once, allegedly... Uh-huh. He once burned down a, a person's restaurant and took as payment becoming a partner in the new restaurant that the guy built. But the guy who built the new restaurant fucking sucked at running a restaurant, which is why he needed to burn down the first one in the first place. <laughs> Marvin the Torch loved his job. I I love that for him. I who is this person real? Yeah. He there is, it's difficult to tell where fiction ends mm-hmm. and reality begins with mm-hmm. this guy, okay. but there are other stories about Marvin the Torch. So this isn't just like a sock puppet that Friedkin put on to be like, Marvin's here. It's in Friedkin's okay. biography. Okay. Uh, and there are other arson cases that were tied to him. Right. And to my knowledge, nobody has found out who he is. Okay. But he would be long dead by now, I, I think. But um, then like, how do you get in touch with him? 
this is freaking he's got an ex-con on uh, in I, new jersey I, fair enough fair enough he's lining up counterfeiters to do to live and die in la with him <laughs> somebody knows someone yeah <laughs> god damn it he worked with a lot of criminals on french connection too yeah yeah, yeah. i okay can't I, argue with this i live for the face you get on this podcast when i tell you things like marvin the torch <laughs> oh my god so he just imported a queen's arsonist yep. to blow up a huge log that the professionals could not yeah. in the middle of the Dominican jungle. To my understanding, Marvin the Torch wouldn't let them see what he was using. Oh, okay. And my, it's impressive. It's impressive, and likely what he was smuggling in was illegal. Yeah, like, <laughs> on top of everything else. Like, okay. The Dominican right. Republic is literally, like, minutes away from having a coup happen. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, or there currently is a military dictatorship there, and the they're about to have elections that the military dictator is going to throw out, which right. results in riots, that things happen, like, the village where most of this movie sh- is shot is destroyed by oh, the villagers because they riot and destroy their village and go to the capital. Like, this is Fuck. where we're at, and we're fucking blowing up trees with smuggling and goods by Marvin the guy, Torch. You let a guy named Marvin the Torch into the country. <laughs> that is wild. I, I don't know what to say to that. I, I Increasing, like, how did no one die on this movie? It is a goddamn miracle. Oh and God. I'm going to say someone probably did die. I'm, uh, right, <laughs> Unfortunately. Like, what are the odds? Okay. Yeah, blah. Blah. Uh, kudos. Yeah. All right. So that's just a little something I wanted to tell you about the locations <laughs> of the movie Sorcerer. I like, I like cramming it all under that umbrella. Wow. There okay. was a moment this week where you turned to me and you laughed and you were like, what is happening on your face? Yeah. And I said, I, oh, well, I'm researching. I <laughs> am so happy we're talking about Sorcerer. <laughs> and this You're is what reading I about Marvin. <laughs> Marvin the Torch. Man, I hope if he's still alive, I hope he's having a great day. Yeah, me too. God damn it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so I'll just take a breath yeah. after that. And, uh... Do you think that he like... How do you think they paid him? Do you think they just Ooh. let him go to where they were burning the oil field? Just as like a, here <laughs> just come it is. Hang out, yeah. Here it is. The pinnacle. <laughs> he became pure flame that day. That's why no one's seen him since. <laughs> yeah. He just evaporated into the Dominican. <laughs> he shouted flame on. And... Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember seeing that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like all the stories about him. And this is where I'm like, okay, he's not like fucking Robin Hood. Yeah. But he would like out of the goodness of his heart and because he likes fire would <laughs> commit arson for people. But he's, he's getting some kind of kickback, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Steaks in the restaurant apparently. But yeah. The <laughs> money kind, not the eating kind. Maybe the eating kind. He's eating steaks in the restaurant. <laughs> it's a very bad business. Uh, that that oh, feels boy. like a 30s move, though. Like, yeah, I'll burn down your place if you give me a nice prime rib. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mmm, <laughs> with some French fried potatoes. <laughs> My God. Okay. Uh, yeah. This is a dangerous movie to work on. Very dangerous. Yeah. Front to back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that you've got that, uh, I've <laughs> given you that glassy look in your eyes. <laughs> to go and absorb all of this. <laughs> I would love oh. to hear uh, anything else you wanted to talk about with the Sorcerer or your final thoughts before we move on to Double Bill. Uh, this with something, if you have any final thoughts or your big takeaway for this movie. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I had exactly zero time to look up Sorcerer stuff this week, so thank you for bringing all of that 
Um, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> that's really a treat for you. Yes, is it what is. That is. Yeah, I, I really, it, my final thoughts are just, it's incredible how, how it, it's just a noir, but done as a pure thriller. Yeah. You know, like it, it just coalesces into this horrible, horrible thriller energy <laughs> yeah, by the end. Yeah, it feels like it's just all these, like an asteroid field that eventually... Just collapsing co- in on itself, yeah. yes. Yeah, and it's just, it, it is the perfect noir thing of like, all of your choices kind of led you here, mm. sort of, <laughs> but then it's like, I, it, I mean, it could happen to anyone. I mean, I guess that is the lesson, right? It could happen yeah. to anyone. And then just, you know, the guy who is the the banker and is like willing to put other people in harm's way like he, <laughs> he kind of does do that sometimes and the guy who was just the getaway driver is the only one to make it through and and the assassin guy like the reason that he is one of the drivers is they were supposed to have another guy who was better yeah. at driving but he went and slit that guy's throat in the middle of the night so he could collect the so he could become the next driver and he those shots of him life. lurking in the shadows oh. Gross. Very noir, though. So noir. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Like maybe this was some is something that's just coming to light, so to speak, with the restoration. But the uh. eh, the lighting and and just the the play of shadows mm. is incredible. So it's just yeah, it's a very funny like it's a super noir energy, but it's so much a genre movie. Yeah. It's not noir, you know. I mean, like the music is a big part of that too. Like yeah, this yeah. does not go with noir <laughs> no yeah very like synthy noise noise stuff yeah that's them's my final thoughts it's Sweet. just a, a wild how much this is just a noir if you strip away all of the like all of the elements of the movie making <laughs> yeah especially like you, know? you look at when the original novel was written and that yeah. is exactly what was popular at the time yeah yeah, yeah totally that that's Specific brand of cynicism. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that very, like, you know, you end up exactly back where you started kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and you just went through a bunch of bullshit for nothing. <laughs> Noir! <laughs> Noir! But it's just got such a, like, good, like, late 70s thriller sheen to it. Yeah. It's perfect stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's my final thought. Excellent. I love that. I To be honest, I hadn't put together the noir stuff until... Oh, really? Yeah, it oh. really had not occurred to me. I was thinking about each of their journeys, and I was like, yeah, this is any one of them. This is the yeah. perfect noir journey. Because that's... Usually I'm the guy that's noir about stuff, and you're the guy <laughs> yeah. that's about Western about You pointed stuff. out that something was a Western recently, and uh, now okay. I'm pointing out that, yeah. Swapsies. Turnabout. Fair play. Board <laughs> <laughs> <Four> games. <laughs> Well, my final thoughts are that, uh, well, the main thing, you've summed up everything greatly. The thing that I want to go back to is the desperation of character in it. Mm. Like, sure. building in that desperation of character to give emotional stakes is a, like, half of movies are going to have I, that. That's, yeah. that's just a thing. But it's not done so empathetic sympathetically like where you can look at it and be like wow that is i get it i would make that same choice like it feels sure. very easy to follow their journey and it's one of the reasons i like how it's laid out where you see yes. their prologues and their their dip their into this desperation yeah uh and what gets them there because if you don't buy that choice of them going on this journey it it would be an immensely frustrating feeling and i feel like that is my problem with the hitman where i'm like mm. why are you here yeah <laughs> but then that's the anger they all have toward him too oh totally yeah, so, yeah. He, he was never supposed to be there but it's the friedkin called it, it purposefully designing this movie as showing and mainly about the village but their 
in their own individual prison without walls. I think mm. I said this already. Yes. Because this is it's just repeating in my head every time I think about it now. Every single shot of the movie is is that. Yeah. But just this foundation of insane desperation is it's obviously not a feel-good movie, but it, it is so interesting to watch that expressed through four different lenses and have it feel wholly unique to each of them how they arrive at that point. It, it. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. They they all it's crazy that their situations are all so different, but their solution is all the same. Mm, that's yeah. wild that you can be yeah. That's the one thing that'll fix it, no matter what you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Will it fix it? <laughs> well. <laughs> but it's their only choice. It's, yes. Yep. Barely a choice. Yep. Nice. Sweet. I like our thoughts on this. <laughs> and I like that despite how cynical and dour this movie is, we've kept this conversation light and exciting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... I think if we started talking oh. about the... <laughs> Let's not do it. No, I can see it happening to you. No, <laughs> right away. You know! Get in your nitro truck and drive. <laughs> but slowly... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you could definitely read it as a uh, uh, once we do our, our double bills, I will be interested to see if you had any runner ups because I did. Mm. And one of them is just like didn't quite work for a very obvious reason. Oh, so. Well, this is a perfect time to move into it. Let's yeah. uh, let's dive into this, starting with your uh, uh, lady's choice here, runner up or main attraction. Uh, I will say runner up because then I'll move on. Very good. Um, the runner-up I was going to pick is Walker. I don't know if oh. that ever occurred to you. But, <laughs> that, <laughs> but I, yep. I couldn't pick it because it's basically the same movie. Like, it's it's very much, oh, there's a lot of overlap. It's, it's yeah. uh, Alex Cox, uh, a real guy, William Walker, went to Nicaragua. Real piece of shit. Real <laughs> sack of shit. He went to uh, Nicaragua in, like, uh, the 1870s? Yes, yeah, so late, late 18s. A couple centuries back. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, I own Nicaragua now. Yeah. Like, no joke. That's just all he wanted to do. Um, and just the country completely fell apart. He he absolutely, like, traumatized the whole fucking country and a yeah. lot of, you know, uprising. And so it feels like Walker is the broader political uh, climate that yeah. Sorcerer is actually happening in. And it's this microcosm of, like... How how does that that stuff trickle down to the individual decisions people make every day? The like grand political scheming. How does it actually affect like uh, yeah. people's lives? Yeah, like I feel like sorcerer. It's all bubbling under the surface and informs all of the tension, it's but in, it is definitely not the, the focus. No, yeah. no, yeah, you get the idea. You're like, yeah. yes, America has invaded this country to drain their resources, <laughs> and here's what that does. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Walker's yeah. so cool. It's so fucking cool. It's really over the top, like almost silly but in a yeah. scary way it, yeah. another movie purely I would respect this double very much purely for how the fuck did you make this oh, oh yeah 100% yeah. a studio actually put this fucking movie out are you kidding me someone let you and it you know it very much ruined Alex Cox's career big time uh, yeah so maybe not so much um, anyway so that was what I what I went to automatically and I was like mm. nah they're too similar we can't so I was thinking about how this is this movie is just like a noir like a real Humphrey Bogart ass. Like, if you had Humphrey Bogart as the lead, no one would bat an eye, for no. sure, right? Yeah. yeah. Very same face to Roy Shepard. Yes, You're right. Yes, I yeah. know. So I, was, I have another movie for my double bill where that's also the case, I think, where you could put Humphrey Bogart in the lead and be like, yep, this this is the kind of movie he would make. It's okay. a noir movie, but it's got an extremely genre presentation to it. Okay. I'm going to pair it with another movie about 
um, a group of four guys who have to pull off a, a plan to move on to their life outside their prison with or without walls. I'm Whoa. going to go with uh, Jacques Becker's French prison escape movie, Le Trou. Yeah, Le Trou rules. Yeah. <laughs> I like calling it Le Trou because otherwise you're just saying the whole. That's <laughs> I the love that movie, the whole. The whole. <laughs> Don't be saying that. Yeah, Le Trou is just a, a real classic 60s French prison break movie yeah and it fucking rules it is so precise and like it's very slow in its way but exactly the same way as sorcerer where Mm. that all if you didn't have that like it it builds on itself to the point where you are like your eyes are glued to the screen to see if this one lock is gonna hold or this you know this one plank of the bridge is gonna hold it's just down to those very minuscule things that can make or break this whole like it's so many things have been poured into this one moment there's a subgenre that that is this movie sorcerer thief I want to watch people doing their jobs. You yes, know what I mean? Like yeah, being professionals and pulling stuff off. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. But it's and that's it's so great. You have this really incredibly clear goal and all mm-hmm. of these hurdles, and you're just taking yeah. them as they come, moving through them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> and you get you weirdly get like a sense of there's a lot of kind of. Preamble isn't exactly the right word because it's very crucial to getting to know the personalities of each person. Yeah, and showing why they would you know, take, uh, approach a task a certain way or double back when they, when they find something or, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's about the personal relationships and it's a real, like you end up right back where you started. I'm not going to spoil the, the movie, but it's, it is a roller coaster. Yeah. Holy shit. Like There's... it's the, it's, it's the most boring thing to describe, but oh my God, like you just, you're, your heart rate's going to be up so hard during this movie. And uh, do I remember right? It was shot in, like it's based on a real story and it's shot in the prison where it actually took place. I don't know Starring about, the guy who actually yeah, ran it. It's starring the guy who actually broke out of prison under a stage name. But this is, so there is this element of like weird realism yeah. where you're watching, you're just watching a guy be a professional at his job. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you're like, <laughs> Yeah, these guys, guys, you know, you get their backstory. Like, they're all in jail for doing crimes, yep. for sure. There's no getting around that. But you root for them so hard. So hard. You just you just want them to make it to the end unscathed. Oh, you know? uh, that ending, too. Wild. I'm not going to say anything yeah. more than, god damn. Your, your stomach, like, the bottom will fall out of your stomach. It's, it's stuck with me. The I know. The one shot. Yeah. Uh, the flip shot. Yep. yep. Watch the true. Watch the true. Watch the true. Anyway, so that's mine. Get in the hole. <laughs> I'm changing the the motto of our podcast to get in the hole. <laughs> get in the hole with Nick and Aaron. <laughs> so that's mine. Uh, what's yours? <laughs> oh my god. He's in the hole. Well, I'm che- I'm cheating a little bit. I'm going to pair this with a movie that it uh, that sorcerer directly inspired. Oh, okay. Um, if I can just get real mission based on our podcast okay, for a second. Okay, go for it. So, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Well, you you do your. No, thing no, you then. say you say because I, I, just... I did want to say like if the idea of a French 1960s black and white movie based on a novel makes you want to vomit, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong. It is very much an artsy movie in that it's it's a it's a character study and it's mm. this like what people will do under pressure like that very kind of thing. But oh my god, like the the 
adrenaline you get out of it. So yeah. it's definitely an art film. It's incredibly well done. But boy, it has that thriller edge to it, I tell you. Yeah. Yes. So Sorcerer being the, um, I, I neglected to say. Yeah. Sorcerer being the, the trashy one where it's all just like adrenaline thrill ride and like grimy dudes in the jungle and, <laughs> and backstory and, you know, um, behind the scenes madness. So wonderful. Mission based. Yes. I love that because I love it whenever it happens on the podcast where one of us doubles with something that's further arty on the spectrum and the other one does further <laughs> trashy on the spectrum. All right. I'm definitely treating Sorcerer as my like art piece. Okay. And uh, what I'm pairing with, with is just like a real simple genre movie okay. that is so effective. And uh, it's inspired, like I said, the aesthetic, mm. uh, both like sound and visuals, the tone of it all. When you talk about the the adrenaline, the good way to put it, because this is the, it takes a lot for me to get like invested and like heart pumping and mm-hmm. like where the blinders come up, where you're unaware of anything else that's happening in yeah. the world and you're just completely in on it. It's one of the only movies to make me audibly gasp aloud in a theater where I like, I almost yelled. <laughs> Uh, it is my favorite movie of last year. It's How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, oh, nice. Yes. Oh, you little sneak. We've been talking about this movie all week. <laughs> because I fucking love it and I won't shut up about it. You will not. <laughs> um, I get anybody's issues with it, but I loved this movie. There is a cut in toward the middle of the movie where I like full, almost stood up out of my seat, yeah, gasped. Yeah, I know. I remember what you And mean. I was not the only one. No, I'll, you were the not. majority of the audience all gasped. <gasps> Fucking everyone passes out from the air disappearing from the room. The walls bend inward a little bit, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so, That's like Latrou, I will not spoil much. It's in the title, I mean, though. Yeah, uh, how much can you spoil? Directed by Daniel Goldhaber. Um, the synopsis is right in the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a similar, like, we're building this group, and yeah. you're seeing what led everybody to this point. The desperation is palpable. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is fucking kicking. It whips ass. Whips ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, ooh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a fan of the composer whose name I forget already for life, based on it. Um, but it's it's the best new version I've seen of here is a prison without walls. You are trapped, mm-hmm. and you have to do something. Yeah. And it's takes that and runs with the same like if you had to talk a little bit about the structure of how to blow up a pipeline if you had sorcerer but with the editing so that the flashbacks happened throughout rather than have them as prologue that's kind of how how to pipeline works like if you put all the if you put the timeline in order it would look identical yeah pretty much actually (laughs) you would have the hour of build-up and then an hour of gnawing your goddamn arm off because of how (laughs) tense it is yes with a few like I'm amazed they survived. Yeah. 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 Probably better union rules for yeah, probably. probably for this one than <laughs> William Friedkin in the jungle running wild. But it's got the same thing of like the cast is tiny. There's next yeah. to nobody in this movie. And yeah. it is just wholly about our characters and seeing what they're going through, what's driving them through it. You have a lot of like Oh, who's is that guy a rat? Like it's the same way that yeah. with the assassin, you're like, What the hell are you up to? What's your play? <laughs> yeah. It's, I love it so much. It's coming back to theaters shortly, and I'm going to make us go yeah. again, and I'm going to buy it when it comes <laughs> out. Fair. I've already bought the soundtrack. I am... You know, oh, you know what I love about this this double bill? I don't remember if it's what it opens with, hmm. or it's just in the book or something, but there's, like, I think it's even the tagline is, this is an act of self-defense. That is the tagline. Yeah. Yes, right. And... 
that's what you're working with with sorcerer the these men are all doing this in self-defense yeah this is the final like we have to do this or we will die yeah yeah fuck that's a great double bill yeah like they sorcerer and they feel like the same movie in different genres where it's like yeah different time periods different genres yeah yeah, they and because of that they feel significantly different like i don't think Mm. you're gonna be watching how to blow up a pipeline and be like where's the big truck like it's not it's not gonna be the same in that way, but it was no. clearly informed by Sorcerer. Like, yeah, I, I would it, have to assume. Yeah, and I feel like that's through the construction and the the characters is, is what does it for me more than anything. Yeah. And goddamn, do I want to watch it again. <laughs> it does an excellent job of like, ah, yes, I understand why these people are doing what they're doing. Yeah, and I'm calling yeah. it Prisons Without Walls. That's the, the that's name of my great. double That's perfect. Yeah. Mwah. Goddamn. Everybody, go watch How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Tell me what you thought of it. If you didn't like it, uh, go to hell in the words can, of William Friedman you can still tell me just be nice <laughs> I will cry <laughs> and that is my act of self defense oh. <laughs> oh, great choices that's good stuff yeah I hope that uh, anybody new to Sorcerer that's seeing that we're covering it please like reach out tell us if you watch Sorcerer the first time yes. we gotta like it really open i feel like it's it's well known but it's one of those yeah. things that like you if you're have like oh, to... i'll get around to it like do yeah. do get around to it right now i mean you've already listened to a whole episode so who am i talking <laughs> about this point? but uh <laughs> i hope you enjoyed if you did watch it mm-hmm. uh anyway that'll that'll take care of us i think that'll that'll round us off for this moment uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at garbage pod uh, we are going on vacation, though, so there might be a little bit of a break in there. We sure are. Yeah. Uh, please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. That's just how I talk. I, <laughs> is it, though? My, it is now. It, I lost a little bit of my radio voice for a moment there. <laughs> um, but yes, in our absence, rate and review us. We'd like that. Thank you. And uh, please join us next time for another pile of garbage. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye.